have a phone, if you have your pad, if you have a Bible, uh, let's go to Galatians. I want to jump right in because there's a lot that I'd like to share today in this because uh, the Lord is working us through Galatians. And the reason why the Lord is working us through the book of Galatians is because a lot of people don't understand what freedom is in Christ. And what I mean by that is you hear those words a lot as a Christian. You hear the words freedom, and, and, and I used to take it as, that means I can kind of do whatever I need to do. It's really not, that's not really what it means. Freedom in Christ means this, that God has called every one of us to a space to release His presence. And what happens is the forces of darkness are going to come against you. God doesn't lead Christians to heaven on earth. God leads Christians to the place where the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Come on. So he's going to lead us to places that challenge the very fiber of us. Now, I want to say this as a middle-aged dude that has the, probably the coolest haircut. I'm just kidding. My point being is that the older I've gotten, and it's coming your way, the older I've gotten, the more I don't want to do what God wants me to do. You can say, how is that, John? You're closer to heaven than me. You're, you're going to see Jesus probably a lot quicker than me. Why would you want to do that? I'll tell you why. Because can I get some witness for some people in the room? we got a little bit of age on You know what I'm saying? Y'all talk with me and work with me, all right? Don't be going old school on me like you just got to sit there and worry about somebody saying amen. Y'all need the charge. Y'all with me? I know where we were. We were the ones that started the club. Yeah. Right, so my point being this is that the older we get, we realize this that we don't have much time left, and the time that we got left, we don't want to go out like that. Amen. I want to go out the way I want to go out. You know, I want to go out in a blade of glory, Bob Jovi. I mean, you know, I just want to, you know what I mean? I, that's how I want to go out. And then sometimes the Lord is saying, no, I want you to go out with my fame and not your name. So here's what happens. People think I got freedom. I can do what I want. Yeah, I can go here. I can go there. I want to tell you when you follow Christ, I just want to tell you when you follow Christ, you put your hands to the plow. It's a whole different level. Bigger level, bigger what? Mm -hmm. So when you follow the Lord, it's not like what you want to do. And then what makes you mad is when you watch people that don't give a rip about God and great things happen to them and their lives go wonderful and they even blaspheme God all along the way up and you and I are sitting there we just holding on sometimes like fighting against the gates of hell and we just going forward and they're living the dream and we're wondering is it worth it at all? So to me Galatians has got to mean something. So I got right with the Lord Driving that dirty jerks. Jersey people. And I'm getting north of Richmond, Katrina, getting up close to and Northern Virginia, which is all DC now, right? I'm driving up and I'm singing to the Lord. This guy, don't listen, don't y'all make fun of me. If y'all make fun of me, I'll don't teach. But I got a cassette player. Some of y'all don't even know what a cassette player looks like. You have no clue. Google the people. But for those in the room, y'all track me, you know what a cassette player is, and my people. I see y'all in the back, I love you, y'all, my people. 
So I got this cassette player in, and the guy made me on the on the on the on the, on the cassette. You know when he wrote on the cassette, because I got back with the Lord, and the dude wrote on the cassette, "Jam with the Lamb." <laughs> that was contemporary people. And so I was, and I was just in there, and we, I was singing a song. I'm crying, my wife's over there asleep. We driving up this, you know, through the middle of the night. That's the only time you go around D.C. right people. And so, you know, if we get on the beltway, so we drive it up, and I mean, I am crying. I'm just so thankful in God. I'm just, I'm just thankful that God sent me. It wasn't like, God, what are you going to do for me? Like, I don't like this person you didn't have. Like, I don't like the situation. I'm just thankful that Jesus Christ wrecked my life, that he loved me. I was just grateful. I watched this tractor trailer. It looked like a jackknife right beside me. And man, I was just so in the presence of God. Like, it was like God had enveloped me and protected me. I was just going on that road and just singing praises to God. Why? Because I was so enriched and enthralled with His presence. I couldn't do anything else. Where has that guy gone? Galatians 2. Back when I was jamming with the Lamb. There was a verse that meant a lot to me. See, y'all don't even know about these old middle-aged dudes that write contemporary songs in the early 90s. Everybody's like, ooh, contemporary. And they wrote a song, scripture, <coughs> Galatians 2.20. For I'm crucified with Christ, and yet I what? Not I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by what, saints? In the Son of God. And then look what the passage says. Who loved me and gave himself. For I'm crucified with Christ. And yet we live. Not us, but Christ who lives in us. And the life we now live, we live in the body. We live by faith. In Him. In the Son of God. In Jesus. Who loves us. And gave His life. So you pray with me, Father, you have called us to die to live. And so, Lord, I just come before you, and I don't want to come, and I pray this first Corinthians 2 passage all the time. I don't want to come with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and the power. So, Lord, if you don't speak today, and nobody worth speaking. If you don't talk to us today, nobody's worth talking. Lord, if you don't come in your presence, take over us. There's not a song we can sing. There's not a dance we can dance. There's not a word that we can use. There is nothing we can do unless you rend the heavens like in Isaiah and come down. Unless you take up space in us, Lord, we just take up space. So, Lord, I ask that 
thank you that you've forgiven us of our sins, that you will speak clearly to those. So give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a mind to understand, and a heart to believe. And give us courage to stand strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Make us your people, Lord. Make us a people that will not push back or step back, even in the face of a behavior. Make us your people, Lord. We are weak, though you are strong. We are yours. You do what you will. And we give you all the glory. Because you're good. And in Jesus' name, we all said what, saints? Amen. So, the notes are at Summit Church uh, on Facebook. But here's the deal. So, here's what the Lord was showing you. The gospel gives us uh, freedom to live our faith in the Son of God. So, I want you to think about this. Uh, Galatians 2.20 For I'm crucified with Christ, and yet I live, not I, but Christ who lives in me. For the life I live, in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So here there's a call in our lives, the gospel of Jesus Christ, when he wrecks our hearts and we just say yes to his life, his life becoming our life, it's no longer my dreams, it's his dreams. It's not like I say, God, come with me. It's more like, no, I go with him. You know, it's, it's God is creating the movement, and I join his movement. God is not my co-pilot, because if he's still my co-pilot, he's not my Lord. And if he's still my co-pilot, I'm not saved. But if he's my pilot, if he's all, I know this, he's leading and guiding, and then his presence is all humble, regardless of where he places me, regardless of what happens to me, regardless of my relationship status, my social status, my Facebook status, my Twitter status, my Instagram, I don't care. All I know is that as long as Jesus is with me, it don't matter who's against me. So do we have the freedom to live by faith? So God, people think freedom is I can do what I want. This person over here says you can't This person says you can't. This person, that's not what we're talking about. Freedom is, do we have the freedom to actually step out into a life that only God can cause and it is going to be a life that requires faith. We cannot follow Jesus without faith, somebody. Everything he calls us to is going to be faith with finances, faith with a relationship, faith with your job, faith with your career. There's nothing that Jesus will call us to that we say, yep, I feel safe, let me go. The only thing that makes me feel safe, being a pastor, is that I want Jesus with me. <laughs> and as long as I'm with him, then I'm okay. Moses put it like this in Exodus. He said, 33 and 34. He said, and I ain't going nowhere if you're going. I ain't going nowhere if you don't go there, God. I ain't going. If, if you're not with me, I'm not going. See, the assignment was not the precious thing that Moses it was the presence of God that was precious. When you're in a relationship with somebody and God is the center of that relationship, that makes that relationship precious. Because I can tell you, and witnesses right here, come on, my people. Some of y'all that are young in the room, I just want to tell you something. They might want to listen to a little bit of some people in this room because they'll tell you right now, you can get in some relationships without Jesus and they'd be pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Can I tell the truth and change the devil? So where do we go with this? So living by faith, here's I want to make two, two just, I feel like the Lord has two things he wants to wreck us on today. Here we go. The first thing that wrecks us, ready? First thing that wrecks us is that living by faith in the Son of God 
means being afraid of no one but God. When we walk by faith, God is going to challenge us, do we fear him or do we fear man? Come on. Do I fear following God or do I fear that person will break up with me? Or that person won't like me? Or I won't get that position? Or this coach won't sign me? Or this won't happen to me? Or that I won't get this job? Do I fear that my following Christ will end the career for me? Therefore, I better step back on my relationship with God and not be as tall. Let me ask you something. To have a relationship with Jesus is not problem. Can I, just say, can I just set something straight? Show me one place in Scripture. Show me one place in Scripture where they have a relationship with God and God kept it private. Show me one. David couldn't keep it private. He got the his wife got the other was dancing in his underwear. Now, I'm not saying you need to dance in your underwear. Some of them, you know, hey, you saw me. But think about it. What did he say to disciples? Come follow them. And I'll make you finish this Show me where it was private. People say, well, my faith is personal. <coughs> it's just personal, John, it's personal. And I just want to look at them and say, you know why your faith is private? Because you ain't got faith. It's real, look, it's real easy to date somebody when you don't ever take them out. <laughs> Think about it. Oh, you know, y'all was in middle school. Y'all was in elementary school, check yes, no, and maybe. The maybe's always got me. I got a lot of no's and maybe's. Ever happened to you? I'm always people's maybe. I felt like a second or third option. And then I come to find out she had already given a lot of yes to other people. Yes for that. Maybe always trying to tell me something. You know? Then you see him on Facebook today. Thank God for an answer prayer. She yelled. Alright, so. That was funny. They're probably saying that about me, but not uh, But you know, my point is, my point is also is you can't keep faith private. God won't let us. God is going to take us believers. So here, if we are crucified with Christ and yet we live death life language, something's going on here. Something's wrong. God is going to call you to die. You cannot stay at your school and follow Jesus Christ without dying to yourself. Bottom line. Something's got to die. Either, listen, something, something's going to die. Either we're going to die, or our relationship with God's going to die. But something's going to die. That's why there are zombies. I just lost you. You just said, I checked out, never coming back to something. I see zombies every day. Work with me, people. Work with me. It's a metaphor. I see zombies every day. Isn't zombies kind of an oxymoron? They're alive, but they look, well, who said Right on the chair. That's straightforward school language, right on. They don't say, people don't say right on the day, they sound old. I mean, it's cool. <coughs> They're alive, but they're dead. You ever looked at a zombie on TV? They are ugly. Face falling off, clothes shredded, look terrible. That's what the world sees when we say that we follow Jesus, but we live our own life. We live a life of death and acting like we're alive. Come on, somebody. You ever been in a zombie relationship? 
You just keep trying to breathe life into it, and there's only one who can breathe life into Jesus. And you whining and dying and puffing and fluffing, and you do everything to keep that person happy. Happy. You keep breathing life, breathing life. Ain't nothing but a zombie relationship. And you know what the world sees? That's why they won't go. They don't want Christians. They won't know about Jesus Christ because all they see is a bunch of death coming out. If I saw somebody walking to me and looking dead face on my own, I'm going the other way. That's what it means when we live our own life and we have a crucified flesh. What does it mean to be crucified with Christ? I want you to look there in verse 20. Look at this. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. I don't want to go too technical on this, but when we study Greek, we have to learn all types of verb tenses and voices. Let me just tell you this. It's a perfect tense. Perfect means this. Perfect means it's completed. That means that we have been crucified. It's completed. And the passive voice means we receive the action. Therefore, we are the ones who are dead. But then the Bible says, but yet I live. The only way to live in Christ is to die first. Things in me have to die so Jesus can then resurrect me. I have to let go of what I want to trust him that what he wants is better. Eve, she saw that fruit looking good, but she didn't trust Will you really die, Satan said? It's, it's very simple. If you're single, the room is going to be like this. It's going to be your challenge. Your challenge is, do you, do you, listen, Satan's going to say, you really think God is not going to let you have this relationship? Come on, ain't that bad? Then you walk around in a bad relationship. You're trying to bring life to it. Everybody looks at your relationship behind your back saying, zombie. Because all they see is a bunch of death, unhealthy. Come on, somebody. All they see is unhealthy. So therefore, if it's unhealthy, it ain't going to last. I know, I know this. If you let, listen, the same bacteria that causes sinus infections causes pneumonia. Hello, somebody. Look it up. So if you let things go, it causes pneumonia. You let pneumonia go, guess what? You're going to scar your lungs. You let that keep happening, you're going to die. Unhealthiness leads to death. So I don't want to be this Christian zombie walking around, breathing life into a something that's dead. I want Jesus to breathe life into me. Because the only way for me to live in him is to die. And the only way that I can die is for him to move into me that I have faith to move to where he wants me to go. It will take faith to walk with Christ. But when you and I live a life of faith, all anybody sees is life. Think about people that live by faith. We're enthralled by them. We love them. We're, we're exalted. We're like, listen to how much they love Christ. They want to put their neck in the line. Boom, get a call. They want to stand up in places where people or everybody else is running away. They're not ashamed of the gospel. They're not afraid of the circumstance. They're not worried about the outcomes. Why? Because they live by faith. Because they know that God is with them. Crucified means we receive the actions. It's a compound word. And it's soon meaning with and, and start, star road, star road, excuse me, which means to destroy or mortify. It means that I'm walking around this idea. It means figuratively, I want to read this. It means putting the old self to death by, listen to what it says. Listen to what the, the Thayer's uh, lexicon says. It says putting to death by submitting all decisions, that is desires, to the Lord. 
That's what it means. I've been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. Means every decision that I make, every decision right now, what I do with my finances, what I do with my wife, what I do with my children, where I go, job, whatever. I, I submit everything to God first. I put myself dead so He can live in me. That's what it means to be crucified with Christ. We lay everything in His feet first. We lay everything. Because I want to tell you, welcome to the jungle. This is in Guns N' Roses. Welcome to where we have to walk by faith and God is going to lead you to the gates of hell. You know what I love about the gates of hell? Right? You've got to understand scripture. The idea behind that is the reason why there's really no gates in hell is because of Jesus' resurrection. He destroyed it. That's why we can the old anthem. His truth marches on. So what happens here, as we see, is this, this does not mean, I, I love this, this is what it means that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. We submit everything. So today, I'm going to ask you to submit everything to the Lord, your identity to the Lord. If I'm worried about what, if I'm worried about my children and what they think of me, then I am not putting Christ first because the center of that sentence is me. It, they have to, I want them to see Christ. And here's what I want them to see. I, they say, well, John, how do they see Christ when all you do is mess up? Here's what's great about it. Here's what's great. When I sin, which is all the time, if they see that I am broken over that sin, or they see that I'm going to acknowledge my sin, that I'm not going to hide in my sin, and I admit that my sin, and I will tell the summit everything that I've ever done, my book is an open life, I'll tell you all my dirt, all my trash, if that will bring God glory, then so be it, because I submit my life to Him. That is crucifying myself with Christ. Like everything at His feet, First, you lay your child, you lay your family, you lay your abuse, you lay anything that you've received, all the pain and the suffering that you've received, all the people that have done us wrong in our lives, we lay them at the fire, crucified with Christ. That means, Christ, I'm laying that on you. I'm not going to breathe life in the unhealthy because I don't want any of that unhealthy unforgiveness walking around in me, zombie. I don't want that. I don't want people seeing a Christian who carries around a lot of unforgiveness and I look like death or over. Y'all just want somebody else. I want you to look like that at your high school. Everybody else looks like death. They gotta smoke so much weed just to feel good about themselves. If you gotta smoke weed to feel good about yourself, then you don't even know yourself. I gotta do something to pick me up because I can't pick myself up. I gotta pregame. Come on, somebody. All right, for the middle aged older people, pregame means you get your drink before you go to the party. Right? Turn, right? Feel a little. Turn it up. Light them up, 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 light them up. Um, You, you get that, right? You're pre-game before you go. Because you, you gotta get loose. You know what getting loose is? Getting loose is when you lay your burdens at Jesus and he sets us free. That's what getting loose is. Come on, thank you. I got one person who's gonna cost 
about nobody but Jesus. For we are crucified. Don't bow to baseball, to football, to bow to anybody but Jesus Christ. And if they fire you because you stand with Jesus, I want you to memorize Revelation 6, 16 and 17. There will be a day when those evil people will cry for the rocks to crush their head rather than face the wrath of the Lamb. There is a D-Day coming, and I promise you, we can't bring the noise like Jesus. You can tweet that. That was good. Read Revelation 6. 16 and 17, God has our back, though it might not be in our time. Can't walk around with an unrighteous life. All everybody sees is death. Unrighteous life means you automatically think, oh, that means I gotta be right now. Let's just keep on. Listen, we found no one. Job 28 28 says this. Check this out. I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm preaching myself this morning, but I hope it means something to y'all. Job 28, 28, and he, God said to the human race, the fear of the Lord, listen to this, that is wisdom. We don't fear anybody but Jesus. So what it means to say, for I am crucified with Christ. Let me get this point again. I'm going to say it again over and over. It means to be crucified with Christ means that we take every decision, every, we take captive, every thought. Come on, second Corinthians. We take it all, we lay it at the foot of Jesus, and what he says about it, by the Spirit of God, we then walk by faith in it. If God says I'm set free from that, I am free from that. Though my flesh is drawing me back into it, I've been set free that there's a God bigger than my desire. And though my desire might give me sometimes, it doesn't control me all the time. So what happens is we see that's what it means to be crucified. But he says, that is the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. So we don't bow to anybody. That's what he's saying. And he, God said to the human race. So look at this. That, that's the great equalizer is God with us. When we realize that God is with us, I'm talking about in us, not just the reason why we want God to outside us sometimes is we're like, he's like, big brother, go beat up this person. But you know how you know what God does sometimes? Oh, there's times he'll make the sun stand still. There's times you'll go to your enemy's camp and you'll already have them decimated. But you know most of the time how God fights our battles? You ready for it? Y'all ready? You smell with the rocks cooking? That was fine. It's not so much God around me, but it's God within me. Oh, that was. Because what happens, God then moves in me to stand against the devil. <coughs> and it is the presence of God in me as I stand against it that God wins. That's how we want to come for God to come in and wipe out the enemy so we don't have to face it. No, what happens is, is the presence of God is so strong in us that he uses us to face the enemy. Yeah. And there's not a fear of death that controls us. That's why he says, stand firm then with the belt of truth. Buckle around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition, all this, take the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the help of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. 
here's the outside of God looking. The fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the land surrounding Judah so that they did not go to war against Jehoshaphat. In other words, yes, there are times when God is around us that our enemies can't come against us. But there will be times your enemies will come against you. And the victory comes when you stand, not when you bow to them. That's faith. Lay your enemies at God's feet. Lay those people that are against us at God's feet. Lay them there. When I'm talking about fear, I don't mean fear of a man in the fight. I'm talking about fear of rejection. Look at, look at verse, go to Galatians 2, verse 11. By the way, uh, I don't know. What, what time was it? Seriously, I'm asking. 1153? I got seven minutes. I'm not going to make it. All right, y'all work here. Are y'all okay? How hungry are you? Because I'm hungry. Okay. All right, I'll go faster. Alright, so what happens is sometimes we worry about what people think. We were that's the fear. So fear gets us. Fear doesn't allow us to be crucified with Christ. Fear allows us to be crucified by man. That's a good tweet. Right? We're not so worried about how we look. Let me just tell you about how you look. God is so unimpressed about how we look that he's gonna let the seed die. Right? He's going to let the body die. Because it's not an outward appearance that is beautiful to the Lord. Let me take the last one we got called in the beginning. Satan. Satan got caught up in himself in beauty. Shining one. Lucifer. Now what his name means? Look it up. Now his name was changed to Satan. <coughs> Our adversary. <coughs> the shining one in Scripture got caught up in his glory and not in God's. That's not impressed with this. Jesus was impressed with faith. Who did he reward? Who did he reward in Scripture? People of faith, the centurion, people like that. That's what people, he's calling us to be. We've got to crucify ourselves today. What do we have to put at the feet of God today? What is God going to say to us? Maybe some of you out there sitting there, you're sitting there and you're like, this is my second time ever at something, and somebody's playing, and God's prompting you with a prophetic word, and you need to get up out of your seat, walk down here, and pray and deliver that prophetic word, because that person's life might hinge upon it. Let me show you, let me show you how Paul, he ain't afraid of nobody. Verse 11. That was good. That's pretty good Spanish. I, you know, by the way, can I just make a complaint to my parents about my mom? Why do they call me John? Think about my Spanish name. Juan. Why, why can't I be Rico? Suave. What about Jorge? Just sounds Jorge. Juan. Maybe I'm a Juan. Okay, never mind. All right, verse 11. Just loosen y'all, people. Loosen y'all. Here we go. When Cephas came to Antioch, Cephas is the Arabic name for Peter. Remember, Jesus named him Peter. It's just an Arabic name. That's all it is. It's a little stone, little rock. I opposed him to his face. <coughs> Paul got in Peter's face. This is like a man thing. I'm digging it. Somebody's going to fight. This is pay-per-view. Super Apostle versus Super 
Alright. I posed it to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. In other words, when Peter Cephas was out there with the Gentiles, that's non-Jews, people like me, Peter would eat with them. But then when the Jews came around, especially the Messianic Jews, ones that believed that Jesus was the Messiah, but these Messianic Jews then had taken the gospel too far and said, you've got to become a Jew as well as becoming a follower of Christ, which is wrong. It says, but before, for before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by his hypocrisy, even Barnabas, the son of encouragement, was led astray. When I saw they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, that is, they were not walking by faith, they were walking by fear, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you confess your sins in the context you commit them. You commit a prophet's sin, you go to Jesus. You don't need to stand up here and say, last night I did nothing. that. You don't have time for that. You confess your sins in the context you commit them. Peter committed those sins publicly, therefore he was called out. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right, so I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? Don't believe me? 
you already saw my Facebook, have forgiveness for you already saw it. But I want to show you again, so if you've already seen it this week, act like it's the first time you've seen it. So this person you get ready to see, I called him up. I was so excited. I called him up, found him online. He just moved back to the States from Kenya. Though he's born in Ohio, raised in Ohio. And you know what he's going to do? He's agreed to come to Sunday. That's what I do. Make that thing big. Thanks, Brandon. You're a sweetheart. That's why you're a great daughter. Stop. 
Empire, you can imagine how we got blocked on the phone. He says, I feel like I know you. I'm like, you're my twin. <laughs> I have romance. I mean, it exploded by our relationship on the phone. And, and I'm just going to tell you something. What's amazing about it is that's what God can do when you live a life by faith. But praise God for the woman who took a Gideon Bible into a place of brokenness and said, I will speak the truth and not what the world wants to tell you, which is a lie. Don't let the world tell you who you are. You let God tell you who you are. And if you take a life like ours and you put in a living, breathing word of God and it makes us alive, there's not one demon in hell that can stop us. Not one. But you got to believe it. Freedom. When you step into it today, you walk by faith. Or you're scared. You're scared where he's going to lead you. To maybe not a million dollars, but maybe a million miles. Maybe not a quick retirement, but a place where you serve till God calls you home. If God can take Bishop Ron, change him. Oh, by the way, he's been the chaplain for the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. His wife is from Kenya. She works for Coca-Cola in Atlanta. He has his doctorate from International University in Kenya, in organizational management. The guy that was finger painted because nobody wanted him, because his mother was a prostitute. Born to him at 16. But the pimps tried to kill him. God said, I'm going to make you a trophy of grace. I have been crucified with Christ. And yet I live, not I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Here's the person, here's the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Don't you want to put your faith in a Jesus like that? Father, that is my prayer. What do we need to lay at your feet today? Lord, I pray even as I'm praying, people come just lay something at feet, Lord. I need faith in this. I need faith in this. Whatever it might be, Lord, but I know this. We can't just get faith unless it comes from you. And faith is really trusting in the faith that's all about time to finish this whole sermon. Lord, who needs to come today and say, God, I need to just lay this out there. I just, I just need to lay this. I need to submit to this. I'm crucified with Christ. But I, so, Lord, I know my flesh wants to go this way, but I just need to lay this at your feet and ask for a little guidance, ask for a little direction, maybe a little uh, wisdom, a little understanding, a little discernment. God, I, I need to ask who in this room, Lord, right now, needs to step out by faith to trust you, to trust your faithfulness and not their faithfulness. Who are you going to call today, Lord, to just come and to
We don't want these zombies. We gotta get real, Lord. We gotta get real. And even answer the big question. Two big ones for believers. Number one, am I willing to just say I know? I'll step into this place of brokenness, Lord. I'll be where my feet are. Or I'm always looking for something bigger and better. I'm always looking for the next thing. I can't live by faith now because I'm always trying to live by faith then. God, come on, Lord. I know. I know you're speaking today. I feel you. And then, Lord, for those people who are not, they have not crucified, been crucified with Christ. They're not saved. They know it. I mean, yeah, they know the Bible. They know they know scriptures and they know church life and church world or whatever else. But they've never surrendered their lives to you, Lord. They've never put their trust in the faithfulness of God as Jesus because they keep trying to earn your favor by their faith. Having faith in you just means, Lord, that we just put our faithfulness in Jesus. He is faithful. He is faithful. We are not. We are sinners. We are wrecked. But by the power of God, you put the faithfulness of Jesus, the obedience of Jesus, the perfection of Jesus on us. Therefore, we are your children, and we follow you. That's repentance. Lord, who needs to just lay some stuff at the feet Lay some decisions. Lay some direction. Just lay one up. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Here I am. Lord, give me this. Lord, who needs to do that? There's so much room. He does not know you like that. Wrap them. Wrap their hearts, Lord. Let's not worry.